Hoyle brings it back to Scandella. The wrist shot sails over the top. Zucker after it. Minnesota winning all the races to the puck right now. Scandella scores! Marco Scandella and Minnesota has climbed the mountain from two down in the third period to lead 4-3. That's how it sounded on Nesson last night. A game that started with a fair amount of promise went from bad to worse today when we found out that Tory Krug was going to be lost for a couple weeks due to a broken hand, two to three weeks. Andy Brickley from Nesson brought to us by Shaw's Supermarkets. Andy, I'm thinking after Griffith scores that second goal, hey, Luch is involved, two nice goals from the kid. Rask was making great saves. Uh, this is going to be a good night for the Bruins. Grandlin makes that great spinorama goal, and it was nothing but bad news from there, up to and including Krug's loss today. Uh, what are you thinking right now about the Bruins at 5-6? and six? Well, even though it was 3-1 after two periods, the Bruins were not playing all that well. I mean, that score did not indicate that the Bruins were the better team through 40 minutes. There were just too many mistakes, lack of focus, uh, poor decision-making, getting beat on the back check, the defense, and every line was guilty, and uh, no more so than the Bergeron line. So even though it was 3-1, it certainly wasn't uh, you know, indicative of the way the game was going. Had a chance to talk to Joe Sacco, the assistant coach, after the second period, and asked him if you guys were the better team through 40 minutes, and he just said, well, at times we were, but you know, the 3-1 score was, uh, you know, was just a falsehood, really, and you saw just a first shift in the third period, especially with Koivu and Parise. They were just dominant, dominant on that shift. And that was an indication of what was going to come in the final 20 minutes. You know, Brick, I'm sure Peter Shirelli said, you know, rather than have three defensemen go down, if I had three forwards go down, people wouldn't keep bringing up Johnny Boychuk, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you can't even, even – even Boychuk here, they still have issues with this defense and these bodies. Uh, how do they get by? I mean, it's getting thin. You can only have so much depth. Yeah, you know, it's that one step forward, one step back that uh, has plagued this team this year, and that's that lack of focus and, uh, you know, the lack of compete and consistency, just not there. And it's it's really hard to understand because the core group is together and they should be uh, well-schooled in all these areas and understand what they have in front of them in terms of not wanting to chase it, you know, the first two months of the season and get too far behind in the standings. And, uh you know, as a coach in these situations, you know, you try to uh, you try to emphasize the positive things when you think that's the right approach. Uh, sometimes you got to call guys out, not with you know, not in the public, but certainly within the room. And uh, Claude right now is very frustrated on what he needs to do to get this team to play better. And you may even have to see some line juggling. Maybe you keep that Soderberg line together to give you the one constant. The way the Krejci line produced last night, maybe you keep them together. But uh, I don't know. Maybe the Bergeron line needs a little change of scenery because it's not working right now and you can appeal to players sense of uh you know we got to win some hockey games here boys and we got to play better and we got to do the little things that make us a good team and we got to work together as five-man units because they're just not getting the results and it's, it's hard to explain it's hard to get your hands around and that's the challenge for the coaching staff right now what about defensively because it did seem like tuca last night here and seeing some of the quotes, it seemed like he was frustrated with some of the mistakes that were being made in front of him. But again, I mean, Barkowski Trotman on that last pairing, it's, I mean, it's almost, you expect more, but what do you expect, right? I mean, they're, they're inexperienced. Well, I, I, yeah, I, knew, I expect a lot more from a guy like Barkowski. You know, he's had, he's had enough experience, he's had good games, he's got opportunity, but it's just poor decisions and it's, it's poor execution, it's lack of confidence. And you can't play this game at this level with those three elements in play. And, He's a guy that they need because, you know, you, now you're reaching down into your ninth, 10th, 11th defenseman in the organization that are going to have to come up and play important games. And, 
you know, they need Bartowski right now. If he's going to be an NHL player, and even if he's an asset, and even if he's going to have value, and you're thinking about making a move and making a deal, you you want to deal from a position of strength, and he's not affording you that right now. So, but are, with all the issues that they're having and the breakdowns they're having on defense, is it all on the defense, or can't some of it, some of the blame, be put on the forwards? Just their inability, to just I guess, to win those battles on the boards. Yeah, board play needs to be better. When they've won their games, you know, the games that they've won where they've been the better team for the majority of the 60 minutes, that's where they've won the game. In those one-on-one battles, the board play, the net front presence, the execution, the back pressure by the forwards. There was a shift last night with a Bergeron line of all lines. We'll get, they were getting beat up the ice by the defenseman for the wild, you know, on successive rushes on the same shift. And that just can't get – that can't happen. You can't have three guys caught deep, don't have that third guy in position. You know, maybe it's an old cliche, but maybe you just got to simplify and play a more conservative game. And I know that's not uh, what the fans want to hear, but uh, they have to do something to find a better rhythm to the way that they want to play as a team because, you know, they're not there right now. And just when you think they're going to, they play that, you know, they play an inferior team in Buffalo, they play well. Uh, they go into Toronto without Jared, they play really well. They went into Detroit, they owned Detroit, even though they had to win that game in a shootout. They played real good against San Jose. But the six losses, the mistakes are all the same. They're mistakes by, by again, that lack of focus and, 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 and lack of compete. And that just doesn't cut it. It doesn't matter if you're you know, a team that's fighting for a playoff spot in the Western Conference or a team in the Eastern Conference that's a bubble team. If you don't play the way the Bruins are designed to play, the way they're built, you're going to lose, no matter how well Rask plays. Andy Brickley with us from Nesson. Andy, on a couple of occasions now in this conversation, you've brought up the Bergeron line. I think when you were on with us last time, we talked a little bit about Bergeron not having a particularly good week. Is the line, is it a problem with Bergeron? Is it his wings? Well, you, you tell me, where is that line having the most problems? Uh, I think it's all three, to be honest with you. You know, Bergeron is usually the type of guy, because the bar is set so high because of how, how good he can play and you know, how dominant he can be as a three-zone player and how much they rely on him. And, you know, if you're not getting help on the left side or the right side, then you're going to suffer as well. But he makes up for some of those shortcomings when he's on top of his game that, that really don't get exposed. And not right now. You know, the decision-making again, and that's a phrase I use a lot, they just, they're in the wrong spot, they're on the wrong side of the puck, uh, they're chasing the play instead of being in position and keeping things to the outside. And, and, you know, I single that line out because they've been so good for such a long period of time. I know Claude has mentioned that he thinks that even though Riley Smith came into camp late and got off to a pretty decent start, his first few games were okay, actually pretty good, in fact. Uh, his game has tailed off significantly, and Marshan is just not himself. You know, one thing he can certainly improve on is when he drives wide and he brings that, that uh, explosive speed to the outside and then he pulls up, looks for a trailer coming late, he's not getting the separation. He's not playing with that, that explosive skating ability that really is what allows him to be the player that he can be at the NHL level. And when three players are, not, uh, uh, when three players are playing subpar, you're not going to get the results. And that's what's happening with that line right now. And, and I hate to single them out because they've been so good over the last four or five years while well, with Riley Smith coming in the last couple of years. But... Uh, uh, you know, it's a line that you have to rely on, and, and you have to have the coach's trust, and you have to be able to put be put in situations where you can play against the other team's top offensive line and allow the crazy line to be the, the go-to line and the Soderbergh line to be the go-to line in terms of scoring. Uh, and when you're not getting the performance from that Bergeron line, you're going to suffer. Rick, tell me what you think of Seth Griffin, because obviously a big night last night. It looks like he's kind of settling in and getting a little more comfortable, but is it uh, is he a keeper? You know what I mean? Do you see it? Can he sustain it? What type of style do you see with him? 
I don't know. It's an opportunity for him, Lou, and, yeah. he, and he's certainly trying to make the most of it. He's certainly a gifted player from the blue line in. He's going to make some really good plays. He's got a great shot. He's got good offensive instincts, and, and he can definitely thrive in those situations. And what we try to point out in the broadcast is a young player that's learning to play in the National Hockey League, it's that board work. You know, pucks come around the wall. You, if you don't get it out, you certainly can't lose possession and turn it over. Uh, when you have an opportunity to jump on a loose puck in the offensive zone and create an offensive play, there needs to be, you know, a stronger stick on the puck. And you got to learn leverage. And, and those are the things that you learn when you watch other people play that are very good at it. Again, like a Bergeron. Uh, and if he's not if he's not setting the example, then it's a little bit lost on a young player. So uh, as much as we like what Seth Griffith has done, three points last night was impressive. But he's on a learning curve. And if you look at a pull yourself out of a 500 funk or less than that, you can't look for Seth Griffith to be the guy. You've got to go to your core guys, and you've got to go to your leaders, and those are the guys that are letting the team down right now. Andy Brickley from Nesson. Last thing, Andy, as it relates to replacing Tory Krug, I've always liked Joe Morrow as an offensive defenseman and a guy who could do something on the power play, so maybe he softens the blow there. I don't know what Joe can be system-wise or five-on-five. Five. How much are they going to be hurt by Krug being out for the next two to three weeks with the issues on top of that defensively that they have uh, injury-wise in the blue line? Well, just think about it, Tim. Their, their top four right now is, is Seidenberg and Hamilton, mm-hmm. and it was Krug and it was McQuaid. Mm. Uh, you know, that's not deep enough to be an elite team in the National Hockey League. It's not enough to be an elite team in the Eastern Conference, and that's what you're seeing right now. So with Krug going down, that's a big blow, given the fact that Char is already out of the lineup, the fact that Mill is already in the lineup, the fact that Boychuk is gone. Uh, and tomorrow to come up, they'll try to put him in situations where his offensive skill set and his his willingness to take chances offensively and his and his his hockey creativity on a power play will be a benefit. But he's also going to have to play a ton of minutes five on five, given their situation, yeah. and and that becomes a little daunting. Well, Andy, thanks a bunch for coming on and joining us, um, and we appreciate your time as you always join us on Wednesdays, and uh, hopefully things are looking up a little bit more for the Bruins by the time you join us next week, all right? Yeah, well, I love coming on and, and promoting this team and say let's get excited about the Bruins, but right now they're they're treading water. Well, thanks, Andy. Appreciate the candor. Stay close. Okay, well, That's it. Okay. Stay close next and, four weeks. Andy Brickley from Ness. <laughs>